Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr. Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science themes poetry. This episode explores new research which has shown that across Africa, a higher percentage of mosquito bites than previously thought take place at times when people are not protected by nets and insecticide. You sleep beneath a throbbing blanket, a whining drone that cuts through the night like a monotonous call to prayer, serrated sound that tests the edges of your chemically reinforced cocoon, draped in treated fabric, you drift restlessly, your dreams a kaleidoscope of apprehensions, where walls run red with shattered husks, their swollen bellies gorged on speedballs of honeydew, blood and DDT. In the morning you check your cotton cage for holes, shifting silently beneath the sheets as you perform these daylight inspections like a hushed and fading holy rite. Creeping from beneath your net, you throw open the door and sunlight cuts through the residual creases of night a breath of cool air that casts out the shadows, forcing them onto the streets where they wait for you to pass. This poem is inspired by research published in the Proceedings of the Natural Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, which explores how the risk of malaria being transmitted by mosquitoes in Africa may be higher than previously thought, both during the day and away from the home. Malaria is caused by parasites that are transmitted to people through the bites of infected mosquitoes. Of the five parasite species that cause malaria in humans, Plasmodium falciparum is the most deadly. The first symptoms of malaria, fever, headache and chills, usually appear about 10 to 15 days after the infective mosquito bite. Left untreated, Plasmodium falciparum malaria can progress to severe illness and eventually death. According to the World Health Organization, in 2017 there were an estimated 219 million cases of malaria in 87 countries, but of these, approximately 90% of malaria cases and deaths found to occur in sub-Saharan Africa. Effective malaria control initiatives such as the use of insecticide-treated mosquito nets and indoor residual spraying, that is the application of insecticide to the inside of houses and other dwelling locations, has proven immensely effective, with an estimated 663 million clinical cases predicted to have been averted from 2000 to 2015 as a result of these efforts. However, despite these massive reductions, low-level transmission persists even when there is universal coverage of treated nets or the maximum possible coverage of indoor residual spraying. This remaining low-level transmission has been termed residual malaria transmission. This new study presents a systematic review of mosquito and human behaviour across Africa. Now, a systematic review summarises the results of available studies and provides a high level of evidence for a particular research question. In this instance, the researchers looked at all of the published research that had been done into mosquito biting and human movement behaviours 
across Africa, combining these results to quantify and estimate the public health impact of outdoor biting with respect to malaria. And what this systematic review found was that across Africa, these residual malaria transmissions may be much higher than previously thought, and that on average, only 79% of mosquito bites occur during the time when people are in bed, and thus protected by nets. And that 87.5% of bites occur when people are indoors, and thus protected by indoor residual spraying. Now, both of these values are actually 10% lower than previous estimates. So it's previously estimated that 89% of mosquito bites occurred when people are in bed and 97.5% occurred when people are indoors. No longer the case. Suggesting that across Africa, an estimated 10.6 million additional malaria cases will occur annually, even if every single person sleeps under a treated and effective net and every single person has indoor residual spraying in their homes. As well as providing an independent comparison and analysis of several data sets, systematic reviews are also really useful as they serve to highlight gaps in knowledge, indicating where there's a relative lack of research. The systematic review that was carried out in this study highlighted a severe lack of information for calculating the extent of residual transmission. For example, only three studies were found to have ever been done in Africa in which mosquito biting behaviour data was collected at the same time and place as information and data on human movement patterns. Now, given the variability seen between sites, between months, within the same year and between years, this absence of data is a really quite surprising finding. Human sleeping behaviour is also likely to change according to season, with more people staying longer outside when nights are hot and houses are uncomfortably warm. And similarly, net use and or outdoor sleeping may also vary for people, in fact likely does vary for people of different ages or because of distinct societal roles. For example, in Tengua, a rural area of Mozambique, women were found to go to bed about 25 minutes later than men, which means that they're going to have a different risk associated with being bitten by mosquitoes. So this study highlighted the need to better understand these behaviours and movements as they will be vital in preparing effective malarial mitigation methods. In conducting this systematic review, the researchers concluded that while nets and domestic insecticide will remain key interventions in the battle against malaria, in some locations they will need to be supplemented by approaches that target mosquitoes outside of the home. Now that you've heard the science, let me read the poem to you again. You sleep beneath a throbbing blanket, a whining drone that cuts through the night like a monotonous call to prayer, serrated sounds that test the edges of your chemically reinforced cocoon, draped in treated fabric, you drift restlessly, your dreams a kaleidoscope of apprehensions where walls run red with shattered husks, their swollen bellies gorged on speedballs of honeydew, blood and DDT. In the morning you check your cotton cage for holes, shifting silently beneath the sheets as you perform these daylight inspections, like a hushed and fading holy rite. Creeping from beneath your net you throw open the door and sunlight cuts through the residual creases of night, a breath of cool air that casts out the shadows, forcing them onto the streets where they wait for you to pass.
this section of the podcast, I like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that's been discussed so far. In this episode, I'll be reading Mosquito by Myron Hardy. Myron Hardy is an award-winning American poet who divides his time between New York and Morocco. He's written four collections of poetry, and this poem, Mosquito, is taken from Approaching the Centre, published by New Issues Poetry and Prose in 2001. In this poem, Hardy explores how easily a mosquito can travel through the holes of the net that he is sleeping under, and despite the extensive ownership and use of long-lasting insectocile nets over the last two decades, the effective lifespan of these nets is still not really well understood, with the usefulness of the nets declining primarily due to physical damage or through the washing off of the insecticide. A 2013 study into the physical condition and maintenance of mosquito bed nets in quail country, which is a region in coastal Kenya, found that the vast majority, 78% of the surveyed nets, had some holes in them. And this research indicated that locally appropriate education messages on net washing and repair will enhance the durability of these nets and thus the effectiveness of malaria control programs. Mosquito by Myron Hardy. She visits me when the lights are out when the sun is loving another part of the world. She passes through the net I sleep under, like a cloud its holes are easily navigable. Her buzzing tells me that she doesn't want my legs, arms, cheeks or chest. No, she craves adventure, wanting to travel through the dark canal, the spiralling cave where earthquakes are wind. Her prize is in sight, the gelatinous mass controlling this machine, how beautiful she thinks it is, her needle mouth filling with water. Her children will know physics, geometry, will understand English, Spanish, perhaps Portuguese. They will be haunted their whole lives by trees, guns, and a boom that won't cease. She cries before drinking, the fluid is salty sweet. Oh, if my mother had done this for me, I would have lived. Thank you for listening to the Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.